0: Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free
1: Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. And all through Artistic August, we are talking about, obviously, how life and art can intersect and what can that mean for us. And uh, sometimes it's about how we use or view art, and sometimes it's how art affects our lives personally and professionally. And my guest today, um, well, this is going to be a little unique, and I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. So Tiffany Nguyen is a spiritual life coach. She helps busy p- professionals and sensitive high achievers, which I know I am one, to reconnect with their truths and live authentically, which it's not always easy when you're a high achiever and you're highly sensitive and you're trying to run businesses or work. So uh, I bet she has her work cut out for her. She combines practicality and spiritual wisdom to guide people towards clarity and get this confidence in who they are. And not just that confidence that you're showing on the Instagram channel, it's about the confidence that's really inside. And when she does that, she helps lead them to inner peace. And with that, obviously brings a different level of happiness and uh, she's though it's this is not just about you know spirituality. This is also the analytical side of this because she's a very analytical brain, but she's also very intuitive and uh, get that she's uh, also takes that intuitiveness to her tarot reading skill, which I can't wait to ask her about. But this all comes together to help people really take a look at their own self transformation journey. Now a little bit about her backstory: she immigrated to the U.S. At, when she was 16 and learned very quickly that uh, being alone in a foreign country is not easy. In fact, it brought her something that she really uh, feared and and really had to struggle with, and that was loneliness. And as the years went by, she said, "Ah, forget that, I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to feel lost. I'm not going to keep chasing after something. I'm going to take the time, look within, and I'm going to figure out how to find my own happiness. In fact, she created the happiness blueprint to illustrate how people can build a fulfilling life for themselves. Now, she not only has all this going for her, but it sounds like she's a little bit of an overachiever herself. She has a doctor in pharmacy and is a student of the Tibetan meditation master. And I'm not going to try and pronounce the name because I know I'll mess it up. So I'll let her say that. But she has been published in many, many journals and uh, is joining us today. So Tiffany, thank you so much for being our guest today.
0: Thank you Michael for having me on.
1: yes tell me now I'm gonna let you I, I got your name right but pronounce the name of your of your meditation master please Yes
0: yeah, so my teacher name is Yo Rinpoche.
1: yes yes I is. would not have gotten that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow. he is awesome yeah he's changed my life so
1: Oh wonderful. well you have a great background and I love I love the truth in your story at, you know in terms of really saying hey, you know, I faced some loneliness. I felt some indecision. I was chasing things that I thought were going to bring me happiness, but they didn't. I had to look within, but tell me a little bit more, you know, about your story, but also about how you've turned this into a way to help others to shock their potential.
0: Yeah. So my story, doesn't have like, um, I guess like it doesn't have like a crash start is more gradual. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's like, like a, so it's really started when I immigrated. Um, but it was more like a dark night of the soul experience where we were, I was just very depressed as mm-hmm. i through a lot. Um, years later, when life got better, it would just, I did not deal with any kind of those mess. I just suppress it and keep going. I think that's mm-hmm. a very typical trait of a high achiever, which is keep mm-hmm. our eyes on the goal and just forget everything else and try to be <laughs> as distracted as possible and yes. to forget to deal with ourselves. Um, and it took me all the way until while I was in pharmacy school. And mm-hmm. one of those days when I just... Preparing for a new exam after after one exam, so we have like exam back to back. So while I was laundering with my uh, best friends at the time, um, it seems like nothing was wrong in my life. Everything I got it together, you know, I finally got a career going. You know, on the way to pursue a degree, and I was mm-hmm. engaged. So everything was sounds okay, but it was miserable. And mm-hmm. it took my friend to comment it that she wished she had a relationship like mine and I was like it wasn't that great okay I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> and then immediately right after that like immediately like in second my coping mechanism like jump back in I'm like oh you know I, I probably just having coffee. that's totally normal <laughs> and but um it was a beautiful moment because uh it seems like my best friend like knew me better than I did myself back there she was looking at me seriously and I was like what that and I counted on the stress and slipped deprivation but I became very open and vulnerable and shared with her like those paths that I got into a lot of relationships I shouldn't be in and mm-hmm. I would just hated myself a lot and mm-hmm. I, my confidence and self-esteem was all to completely terrible I hated myself a lot um, and I was just thinking I was, uh, you know, miserable and I have to earn happiness, by I did a lot of things and just mm-hmm. play every role perfectly. And it was just tiring. And I wasn't sure that I wanted to continue that kind of life for the rest of my life. Um, so that's what with the outburst. And uh, she, that's, when, that's a beautiful moment when you have this kind of connections with someone in your life they also become they not only they listen but they also turn vulnerable themselves mm-hmm. so that was a saving grace she also opened up and became vulnerable and shared with me her own past and turned out we kind of similar and what stuck with me is not about our past but about how we were adamant that each other deserved the best happiness um mm-hmm. at the time neither of us were believe that we ourselves deserve it. It took me a few months later while I was driving along and I have this simple epiphany that if I swap place with my best friend, I would never ever even thought to consider her any less, to see her win any less kind of Lila, she was the best. Uh, so I realized that I was just part of myself and I forgive myself and that say forgive uh, self-forgiveness was what really kickstart my spiritual journey. Um, Immediately after I forget myself, it was like an overnight effect that I felt Mm -hmm. that the burden was off, that I don't have to pretend anymore. Mm -hmm. And I was able to actually stop my denial and face that, Um, (laughs) okay. What I'm feeling was valid, and yes. to, to take stock of my life, what's really working and what's not. Um, so I broke up the engagement, um, finished my degree because I do enjoy medicine. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like science Yeah, I do like <laughs> science anyway. Um, but it's, it's really start from that way. And then uh, it's a good thing that uh, it's, it's put me at the ready state to be receiving wisdom and teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so a year later, I met my teacher. I stumbled upon him on Facebook. Facebook video, so I'm like, oh. So I tracked him down and to study with him. So that was how I learned meditation because uh, I tried to meditate uh, for three years and I fell. I just completely always fell asleep. It never worked for me. So, so I think it's probably not for me. I'm just one of those people who just have too busy of a mind to meditate. Um, <laughs> but then you know, after I started my own journey then I became ready, then I met my teacher. So whatever um, conf- confusion, so Lao Tzu is, uh, I think yeah. Lao Tzu, it was a yeah. Lao Tzu code. Yeah, when the students when the, ready, the, student's the, teacher, is ready. The, teacher, yes. the teacher would appear. That is absolutely accurate. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then now with the with the work I do, uh, it was, I, th- I think after several years, when I was like, um, you know, life go on, and it can be challenging, especially we're uh, working as a retail pharmacist. It's very yeah. stressful. It's one of the top ten most uh, highest rate of suicide in the U.S. So it's really yes. So it's very yeah. stressful, and uh, sometimes my family also have a lot of chaotic <laughs> conflict. So at one point, my life was really chaotic. Um, but with the foundation and the practice I had, it I, this was always this sense of calm and groundedness that's almost feel palpable that's kind of sense in the piece and it felt good even though it's everything was chaotic but mm-hmm. it would there was still that sense that yeah, i'm not losing myself and mm-hmm. i wish everybody would feel that and i think it's not always available for everyone and mm-hmm. um so that's where that's it came from that wish that i started the business um, and i figured that one of my one of my strengths actually is body people patterns. So, in my work now, I help with, um, with like busy professional and high achiever. Um, and we work through the uh, pattern through relationship because mm-hmm. we're in relationship, a lot of our aspects come out. Um, with our career, sometimes we can be a little bit more objective. And to separate ourselves from our career and our ability. But in that relationship, a lot of that gets just muddled and everything just yeah. comes out a bad habit, a strain, a weakness, a weird thing, everything comes out. So I work with people by um, tracing their pattern through the relationship. So I work mm-hmm. through with the relationship patterns and that tracing back with their thought patterns about their belief and perceptions, how they view life and how they view themselves. And so tracing back to themselves. And uh, through that route, and then we can shift toward what was a healthier, wholesome uh, pattern and just shed off all these old beliefs that is not true and also yeah. very damaging.
1: Yeah. Well, and as you were talking in the beginning and you're sharing your story, um, I know a lot of people can relate to this. I, I call it from periods of my life. I, I don't do it anymore. I've finally broken this pattern, but I would always say I, I stuff. I stuff 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 you know like so feeling this pressure of emotions or a thought or a fear and just stuff it down as far as it could go but pretty soon there's no more room to stuff it you know that there's it's going to come out the top somehow or it's going to spring a leak on the bottom and when that happens it's really when you've stuffed for so long it can be quite traumatic because you know, you're like, but wait, this is how I exist. And I can see you, you know, with your, with your friend at that point in time going, wait now, just because she said that at that moment, that actually broke, you know, everything I'm trying to stuff because I have to face it now that doesn't fit in there. And I have to face the fact that I don't feel that. So I'm feeling, I'm feeling like a fraud in those things. And, and it's, it's great to get to that point when you get on the other side of it, if you actually take some of that stuffing out and unpack it. Um, but it's hard and it's painful and it's, you know, it's, it's not it is, easy for a lot of people.
0: Yeah, it is quite painful. I think what really worked, how that, um, my mom and my best friend worked because uh, the kind of relationship we have, we, uh, mm-hmm. uh, we were both understanding of each other and that is a great trust. Um, and we're not, we don't always have this kind of trust and understanding with our, uh, say, family member yes. or our uh, intimate relationship. Uh, <laughs> sadly mm-hmm. to say, sadly to say, because um, I guess there's some kind of either general or there's a little bit of like chemistry or there's some kind of expectations. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually it's the expectations that keep us from having this kind of uh, trust and completely honest, um, even in those kind of intimate relationships. Uh, but mm-hmm. with friends, the expectation is very, very—I I wouldn't say low, but is—we don't really have expectation of like what kind of role we need to be as a friend. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. um, so the so with friends, uh, there's a little bit of relaxing, and mm-hmm. but and when with best friend, we already have that kind of understanding, and yeah. it's so much easier to be honest, and um, that kind of understanding. So that I think that trust. Security and that understanding really help um, open up the conversation and mm-hmm. sharing to be vulnerable. Uh, without being vulnerable, we just we just can't get to get down to the bottom to the truth. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes in the moment, we just really need somebody to say the truth that we've been trying to avoid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I call them my your our truth speakers or our accountability partner the people that you know. And I always say same thing too. Don't have it be your spouse or significant other because. You need to have that relationship be different, but when you can have that element, it is so freeing. But what I also thought was really important that you said, as you talked about, you know, she saw me as this, and I saw her as that. We both saw each other as being perfect, but not ourselves. And um, I had somebody on my podcast; she's a great friend of mine, um, many, many months ago. And one of the things she, you know, I, I. I I think about this so often. She says, "You know, we would never speak to someone we care about the way we speak to ourselves in our own heads." And and you—that was the perfect example of like I thought she had it all together, and she thought I had it all together. But both of us were like, "But I don't have it together. You have it together." And like, "No, I don't have it together. You have it together."
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think most of us. are just not caring to ourselves. We, uh, it's very, it's so much easier for us to have compassion for others, and mm-hmm. we forget ourselves in the process. Yes. We, we just, we just uh, didn't extend that compassion to ourselves, and uh, yeah. that's what we have to learn, and that's part of the healing uh, process. Is to okay. learn, learn to know ourselves. For one, most of the time when we get a certain time, age, or phase in our life we completely don't know ourselves. There's a very typical symptoms where we know many people know us better than we know ourselves. That is the, that is the problem. <laughs> because yeah. we know we ourselves 100% of the time. And for some reason, we still don't understand ourselves as good yeah. as other people do. Um, exactly. Yeah. So, but yeah, <laughs> most of the time for healing process, we have to take it with grace and uh, give us a lot of love and compassion. We just have to...
1: Learn who, who we are again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Tiffany, we're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Are you tired of the time and expense of going to the salon for a mani pedi If so, Color Street is your answer. Base, color, and top coats are blended together in an incredible polish strip that you apply yourself. The result? A brilliant salon quality manicure in just minutes with no dry time, smudges, or streaks. These strips are 100% real nail polish, not stickers. They're flexible, can be gently stretched for a perfect fit, and last up to 10 days. I've been using them for months now and love the amazing selection of colors and styles, along with the ability to create my own unique manicure by mixing and matching. Shop today and support our sponsor, Betsy Roberts, by ordering at colorstreet.com backslash Roberts. Backslash party backslash two zero nine five six one one. Again, that's colorstreet.com backslash BH Roberts backslash party backslash two zero nine five six one one. Or simply click the link in our show notes. And we are back with Tiffany Nguyen and, you know, your story, I I know will resonate with all of my listeners because we all have those moments and I think it's important to recognize them, but then, you know, where you go from there and how, how you begin this journey is different. And I know I'm going to want to dive into that, but I have to know, tell me a little bit about tarot reading just because I'm fascinated by this, I've never done it. I just, it seems really interesting to me. I'm, I'm somebody that, you know, I mean, I, I love all, you know my husband says I believe in a lot of voodoo and that's probably true. Cause I do, cause I, I feel like there are so many things that we are, uh, that really are there but we're not all in touch with them at the right moment. But tell me about it. How did you get started with this? What have you done with it? How do you, how do you use it? Just because I'm so darn curious.
0: So um, I was lucky to grow up in Asia and uh, Vietnam is actually a very spiritual country and uh, regardless of what religion we have, even if we have no religion, 100% of Vietnamese have ancestorship. So there's always that spiritual side of us and we knew that there are always more than this uh, life or this realm, there's always more than the spiritual. And, uh, so my mom was the one that kind of got me to into the psychic. Ever since I was young, I always had this memory that she sneaking out and go see psychic. And I was always begging her to go see one. Um, uh, she didn't took me until I was like late teen. And um, and after that, I just got, <laughs> I just stuck, stuck into it, I guess. I would uh, love getting reading all the time. And... Um, after a while, after like getting like a lot of reading, I mean, over the year, I've probably got like thousand reading. And oh my goodness. It, it can become like a dependency, uh, mm-hmm. very unhealthy. It's almost like mm-hmm. an addition. Like yeah. uh, it's very typical. And, but I still have this kind of love, like how do people get into it? Um, so when I get to the US I mean that that trade of mine is still continue uh, but later on uh, actually I don't know what is it when, but when I was in pharmacy school and I don't know why I'd have time for this but um, <laughs> I think I think it's also uh, spurred on by you know being a broad student. I cannot always mm-hmm. afford to go have a reading. But one of the good things in the US is I got exposed to the tarot. So in Vietnam, most of the time, a card reader or psychic will use a playing card. And mm-hmm. in the US, I got exposed to tarot, which are more like pictures, as a right. 78 card and the like set systems. Um, so like well. I mean, I have some reading right now, like I can't even just say that it's so often about what car come up. Um, maybe I can try it. And uh, there was just this, I guess there was just this urge and curiosity to go explore. And that was just like pure joy because that's only my interest already. Mm-hmm. So I just follow it. And I just pick up like one of those days that I like the... the Imagery and go on with uh, start with the book and uh, go on and um, and then as I start going on with the journey and uh, my mom was my first guinea pig to (laughs) to do a test reading on and then uh, I actually realized that I do have a knack for this Um, Mm -hmm. not so bad and that was quite very surprising to me because I never thought I could do it. Uh, because, mm. so my brand is very analytical it's nowhere intuitive right? at all and it's what's interesting when you know when I do the card and uh, there's like the message that come out like I cannot rely on logic like um mm. tarot is interesting to me because it have like the system that I can have like some kind of guideline and not just mm. like making the shit up like with this car what <laughs> this is this is what I mean in the moment. Um, but so it was it's like it's had this kind of backbone of the system that I can rely on and not completely lost and overwhelmed. But also there's so much room to just lean into the intuitive side that I never knew I had and mm-hmm. just like it would just uh, it was just kind of freeing to get a card and I would just say whatever, like what come to my mind first. And I don't have to stop. And analyze to think about: Is this right? Is it what's supposed to be, or should I say this, or should I not say this? Mm-hmm. So that is that is how it start with the intuition, and it's really helped to I guess I like balance out myself a little uh, for someone that so much uh, analytical to yeah. lean more into this kind of intuitive, uh, and kind of more creative. Uh, like before, I never thought I have any kind of. This skill as art or any kind of intuition like I'm doing a very leveraged. um but the more I explored and get to know the community more um it would just be you become like almost like a shopaholic because it's like <laughs> a thousand tarot deck out there so you exposed, <laughs> so exposed to so much art and you exposed to so much art and all of that uh the, and you already have like a interesting and there's so many different aspects of the tarot that you can explore on so so much art that you get exposed to every day and then I would discuss with you know uh, some very great author uh, very well known author in the community and we can friends and we start talking about all these like minute detail and the thing beautiful thing about tarot is there's a lot of archetype such like the mm-hmm. Journey Hero by yes, yes. Uh, Joseph mm-hmm. Campbell. Yeah. So it's like it's kind of like have like this kind of journey and it also kind of psychology based almost. So mm-hmm. all of that was so interesting and so and is applicable in so many aspects of our life. And it, that just become interesting, as that like become like a side project. And later on, when I actually start my uh, spiritual journey and awakening and when i do the work with people i think i used to offer a child reading professionally before um but then i start noticing people also developing the same dependency dependency that mm-hmm. i had before uh, people mm-hmm. would start to get addicted and ask uh, questions that they should be able to make their own decision and not counting on the card um right. so that's why i stopped offering professionally to the public. I still do right. it privately with people that I know because I do enjoy it. Um, <laughs> but what I what I find helping also is incorporate that in my current work. Um, it doesn't become the focus point but like toward the end of the time of a private client working with me i do offer like something very intuitive let's say uh, a past life reading which is very mm. interesting to see something that we bring into this life like without yes. maybe some comic theme from before maybe there's some theme or pattern that maybe our soul contract coming in and then mm. it's also beautiful to just offer people like uh, this is not quite fortune telling, but it could be good to explore your possibility because it's a beautiful thing when every time uh, people enter a reading they don't limit themselves with their own their own thing their own talk oh, of right. limits they were like wow. Yeah, what what would you think would happen? You know, they want to the the spirit of exploration, of curiosity, came out, and mm. we don't think about limit. We think about in term of possibility, and mm. that was a beautiful thing. So I would always offer that. Okay, so now we're gonna have an open reading. You can ask me any question. Obviously, we have some limitation, like <laughs> don't ask me legal or medical question because I'm still scientific, like. You go exactly. to the doctor to ask that. <laughs> no, no, no ask a stupid car like, am I sick or not? Like go take a test. But um, exactly. Yeah, but but most of them have like an open question about relationship. And then it's a beautiful space when people for the moment they can suspend their negative thinking or limitation yeah. and just think yeah. in terms of potential, in terms of possibility. And um, it is for thing
1: yeah i can see that i think that sounds really um but i can see both sides of what you're saying because i can see how people could get addicted to trying to figure out if you're making the right decisions on things and so and if we don't develop the skills to make good decisions then we never practice them and so therefore yeah you could get addicted to that and still not get the skill set but you're right i mean just thinking about using uh, the art form of that to, um, whether it's the tarot or it's the past life reading to open yourself up and, uh, be more aware of, of, uh, greater possibility rather than looking for, you know, specifics. Um, I think that's part of that process of making yourself open to more in life and, yeah, uh, and yeah. in business and, and seeing things that you didn't see before, because you were only thinking down one channel.
0: Yes. Um, I think tarot is a very good uh, personal tool to use for uh, reflection tool. It's a mm-hmm. great tool for it. Um, so even if they don't get into, you know, reading for other people, even they just feel put a few cards, it's a good exercise to something go on. If uh, let's say someone like to journal every day, uh, mm-hmm. Instead of a journal prompt, they can use a uh, image of the card and talk about the feeling on it, and that is a great exploration tool to learn about uh, uh-huh. oneself. To learn about ourselves. Um, another way that I see people use Hero a lot is for writer when they writing and they encounter writer blocks. So uh-huh. sometimes they pull card to, huh, what about this character? What about this story? And then they start like open up uh, like more. I guess prom or possibility they can start seeing things. So a lot of right. people use that for that also. Um, for artistic skill, they a lot of artists also use that because they, like I said, like tarot have so many themes and I would say like thousands and thousands of deck out there. So there's a lot of things they can explore and they can just look at how other people do things or maybe taking a certain kind of angle. Um, you know, but yeah, tarot is a very, uh, I would say versatile tool and people mm-hmm. can do a lot of things with it.
1: Um, Sparks, so. sparks a lot of discussions and a lot of thought.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Very good. Oh, Tiffany, this is, it's been very fun. I, 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 uh, I think I need to go. In fact, my husband and I, we were walking through downtown Philadelphia the other day and there's this, this, uh, I don't know if she calls herself a tarot reader or what is, it, but every time I walk by, you know, and she's got this little light that goes outside and on the sidewalk. And I'm like, one day I'm going to go in there. <laughs> My husband goes. I'm not going in there with you.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny though? I didn't have like great experience every time I walk into the you know people with that sign. I have to sign like yep. open. Yep. Um, I have better experience going to a uh, metaphysical bookstore. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's a store that where they you know selling you know incense, a lot of like gift shop kind of thing and decks and stuff like that. Usually they would have readers and. Ah. For some reason, in my personal experience here in, uh, in Florida, most of the time when they try the reader in metaphysical bookstore, they tend to have, I don't know, like higher quality. <laughs> mm-hmm. to sure. People that just, just hang up, you know, the psychic time. <laughs> um, I probably think because the, the owner of the bookstore kind of, like, you know, tried it out and banded themselves a little bit. So,
1: yeah,
0: so well, that makes like, sense. Yeah. So it's, it's a, he's a tip for you. Like that's, it's my experience, but you know,
1: I think that's great actually, because yeah, my husband's like, you don't know what's going on in there. I'm like, I know I don't, <laughs> but I'm very curious. So, but that's a really good tip. I wrote it down. Cause I think that's great. Gosh, Tiffany, we could go on and on. I know we're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, cause they think maybe they might want to work with you. What is the best way for them to reach you?
0: Yes, the best way anyone can get in contact with me is going to be through my website, spunkyspiritualist.com. And I do not have social media. I only have Facebook. And mm-hmm. um, that's it. That's the, the only two way people can get a hold of me.
1: Very good. Spunkyspiritualist.com. Spirit, spirit, I love it. And we'll have all that there. Now, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers?
0: Yes, so... I would say any long lasting, fulfilling relationship that you ever wish in your life is always have to start at the solid foundation of the relationship with yourself. So invest in yourself and explore yourself, all side of yourself, be honest.
1: No, oh, I love it. Tiffany, thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest with us today.
0: Thank you, Michael, for having me on.
1: Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always... Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.